guys, it's Rami. We're talking Minnesota sports five days a week on Score North Live. Available on Apple, Spotify, the Score North mobile app, or anywhere else you find podcasts. If you only have time to listen to one segment from today's show, here it is right now. Let's talk about this team and this guy's club. Very excited about college game day coming out. Uh, very excited for that. I think that's a huge event. It's a time to create a moment memory for your families. Uh, this is something that, you know, when people talk about special sporting events, I think ESPN Game Day has gotten to that. I'm not saying it's the Kentucky Derby, and I'm not saying it's the Masters, and I'm not saying it's the Indy 500, but it's along those lines of experiencing, if you have never done it, experiencing that with your family. There's only 12 places they go during the entire season, and we're one of them. And bring your family, bring your friends, bring your kids, bring your grandkids, uh, bring whoever you want. It's a very unique experience. I'd like to be able to have the largest crowd game day's ever seen, somehow, some way. Uh, and I know I, hopefully our fans feel the same way. I know what it's like to bring game day to a university or have it come to a university for the first time. Uh, it's program changing. Uh, this is becoming a national program. Score North Live, Chip Scoggins, our friend from the Star Tribune, now joins. And Chipper, you have to be in college football heaven right now. This has to be, this um, in your 20 years here, this has to be one of the most enjoyable, not only seasons, but weeks for you with college game day coming here. Gophers, Wisconsin for the Big Ten West title. This is stuff that you probably thought at some point in time you would never see if you were based here for the Star Tribune covering the Minnesota Gophers. I'm climbing the walls, Judd. I'm, I'm ready for Saturday, man. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely the, uh, probably the most fun I've had covering a gopher football team. Uh, well, not probably definitely is. And, and this week's just fantastic. This is how it should be, right? I mean, this is, this is how college uh, football should feel. Obviously the biggest game for this program since what the early 1960s and when, or even before that when they were going to Rose Bowl. So this is, uh, in the modern era, they, the gopher football have not had a week like this. So it's, it's fun and, the atmosphere of Saturday is just going to be electric, I'm sure. Chip, the the one thing on Saturday that, that does slightly concern me is the forecast. Who do you yeah. think that the, the forecast would favor between the Gophers or Wisconsin? Well, the you know the general thought is if it's crummy weather, it's going to favor Wisconsin because they like to run the ball and chew up the clock, and they don't rely as much on the passing game as the Gophers do. Um, I don't know that it's really going to be that big a deal if it's if it's raining a little bit, a little bit of sleet. As long as it's not a whiteout condition, um, I don't think it's going to affect the the passing game that much. The the you know the the thing that could probably affect it more than anything is the wind if it's really windy, but. If you look at the way that the Gophers passing, um, a lot of it is quick stuff, slants. Now they do take some deep shots down the field, and that might affect it a little bit. But um, barring it, you know, just uh, a snow globe effect, I don't think it's going to have a tremendous impact on it. But um, yeah, clearly Wisconsin plays a different style. They just want to run, 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 and that's that's who they are. And so maybe it it lends itself more to if the elements are bad. But I, I, you know, hopefully it's not too big of issue for for either team forecast for saturday gentlemen periods of snow mixed with rain a slush a slushy inch is possible and here's the most intriguing one to me chip scoggins windy east winds yeah. gust up to 30 miles an hour for this game and that's and that's where you that's why i'm saying it could be an issue kicking the ball punting the ball um you know field goals uh you know if you have 
kickoffs that go out of bounds and you're giving the team good field position. So that's where it could come into play. Um, will alter the way Kirk Sharaka calls the game? Maybe. Um, and, and the wind in that in that stadium is always sort of weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it kind of swirls in there uh, because of the open end. So it's something I'm sure they're going to have to, you know, uh, factor into it. But like I said, if is it really going to affect the RPO slants to Bateman and, and Tyler Johnson? I'm not sure, you know, a great deal, but um, I think it might come into play more for special teams. Chip, are you confident that the Gophers will be able to maybe not stop, but at least slow down Jonathan Taylor in the Wisconsin rushing attack? No, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> I, I, I slow down. What you know? What is slow down? Last year, I, I guess you could say they slowed down. What do you rush for 120? But I was. Uh, they had a stat where in 11 November games. Uh, Taylor's averaging 193 yards rushing uh, throughout his career. And so um, I don't know that you can – and P.J. even made it yesterday. I don't know if you can really stop him so much. Uh, it's can you contain him where they're not controlling the ball so much. And that's the thing, guys. They uh, Wisconsin leads the nation in time of possession. Uh, they hold the ball almost 37 minutes a game. Uh, they're one of the best teams in third-down conversions. And so that, to me, is – this game in a nutshell, can the Gophers front four or really their front seven do enough and not let that Wisconsin offense stay on the field all day long where the Gophers offense can't get on there and score enough points that can they come up with enough third down stops and can they limit you know Taylor to like you know kind of like last year 120 yards I think if you can do that you're going to win if he's up in that 190 202 210 rushing the ball, it's going to be tough for them to win, I think, because uh, Wisconsin's going, their offense is going to be on the field all day. Do you think he's the best running back in the country? I do, yeah. I mean, he's he's proven it, longevity. He's just a different type of back. I mean, he's very fast. Obviously, he has that burst. When he gets to the second level, you just see him kind of outrun everyone. Uh, he's very uh, shifty. He has great vision, cuts back. I mean, he's the complete back. Um and it helps to have a you know a big physical offensive line, and the system obviously uh, lends itself to um, you know power running. But I, I think he's a complete back. I think he's you know probably the best running back in in college football, and definitely the best that the, the Gophers face this year. So this will be the biggest test for their defense in terms uh, of being physical up front and being able to at least win or, or uh, get a tie along the line of scrimmage, and not just have Jonathan Taylor average six, seven, eight yards every carry. Chip, how good is Jack Cohn? Because, you know, when you think about Wisconsin football, you never really think about the quarterback, save for the year that they had Russell Wilson. What about Brooks Bollinger? Well, yeah, Brooks. Yeah, Daryl Bevel, I covered these guys. I loved them. They're like brothers. I Tordy Brook. Yeah. Oh, stop. Joel Stavi. Yeah. Now, yeah. now it's gone too far. This was fun until you said Hornybrook. But, they, yeah, Manny, they... They don't. I don't think they ask him to really do a whole lot. Yeah. I was looking at his stats <laughs> earlier. So he, uh, Tanner Morgan, has attempted three more passes than Cone. Right, just three more passes uh, for the entire year, but has passed the ball for 650 more yards. <laughs> and so, I think it's just uh, you know the whole game manager thing. I mean, it, that, they don't take a lot of shots. His yards per attempt uh, are, is not very high. And so he completes a high percentage. I think he's like a 73% uh, completion percentage, which it's a high percentage, but it's not, hey, we're taking shots down the field. Um, it's more just kind of get the ball out quick and try to be efficient that way and really just as a change-up to uh, the running game. So 
you know, I guess you have to be mindful of it, but really, if you can stop the, if you can contain, I'm not stop, if you can contain Jonathan Taylor and not let him have a big day, I don't think Jack Cohn's going to beat you. If the Gophers don't win this game, Chip Scoggins, mm-hmm. is this season a success? I would. I think you need context. It's a success, but a disappointment. Does that make sense? Yes. It's yeah. a missed opportunity. My missed my opportunity. approach was yeah. the opportunity is so great r- right now. And, and here here's my question too: Do you think are the 2019 Gophers with PJ Fleck are they circa the 92 Badgers with Alvarez, or does this feel like it's somewhat real, but maybe a pop up schedule was weaker? Be, because if we can in five years say okay. They lost that game to, uh, to the Badgers, and that was very disappointing at the time. But this team has now gone on to you know sustain success. Then I feel completely different as opposed to uh, 2019 Twins in some ways. American League Central is yeah. weaker. You take advantage. But if the success doesn't continue, we're all going to say, oh, boy, that was fun for that summer or that year, but it didn't sustain. Well, a couple things. So, anytime the Gophers go ten and two, you can't say it's a failure, right? right? I mean, that, yes. that would be wrong. But it would be also accurate to say it's disappointing if they don't win because that Rose Bowl is sitting right there in front of your nose, and you have a had a two game lead with three games to play and couldn't get it done. But I don't think, and and some of this season, yeah, you'd you'd be naive to think it wasn't because of the, uh, the schedule, and they had a they had a, a soft schedule, but. This doesn't feel like a smoke and mirrors thing to me either. Um, this, you see substance here. You see recruiting. You see um, development. Look at the way Tanner Morgan. Did we anybody think Tanner Morgan would be this? No way. Um, and so you see, kind of the infrastructure and the recruiting. And I know people roll their eyes, but the culture that they're establishing. So I don't think this is going to be a pop up and then all of a sudden, oh, they're you know they're back to winning five games or six games. I, I don't see that happening. Now the schedule will get tougher, and so it'll be more difficult next year. But I think you're seeing the foundation being laid to where this can be sustained because of all the things that they put in the first couple of years. And you know, PJ is going to continue to recruit. And I think having a year like this where Hey, kids around the country are seeing you can sell. Hey, we're in the, uh, the college football playoff discussion. Yep. You know, if they can win, get to the Rose Bowl. Recruiting is just going to keep getting better and better, and you, you're going to open. You're going to be able to get in more doors than than Fleck probably could have three years ago. What do you think are the most sustainable parts of the success, and also the least sustainable part of the success, Chip? Um, most is probably the way that they run their offense. Um, I think PJ. We know PJ and Kurt Rock have a good thing going with what they built with that system. Um, they want to run the ball. I think that's always going to be a staple. They're going to get good running backs. They're going to get good skill position um, players. I think you'll be able to attract offensive linemen here. Um, and so you see the development really on the offensive side and. and I think through recruiting, they'll always uh, be able to find good wide receivers and develop them. Matt Simon's a really good wide receiver coach. And so I think that's sustainable. Uh, what's, you know, what's the least likely to be sustainable? Probably the schedule, <laughs> honestly. I mean, you're not going to get. What do you mean? Keep Rutgers coming, Chip. Yeah, you're not going to get this kind of schedule every year. You know, eventually there's going to be, you know, Michigan on there, Ohio State, and so um, there's going to be tougher. Year, there's going to be years where there's a tougher schedule, and so you, I don't think you can just sit here and 
count on 10 win seasons a lot. You know, there might be some eight or nine sprinkled in there. Um, so I think that this, but this, that's what we talked about at the beginning of the year, right? Every so often you get a schedule like this. Yes. You have to take advantage of it, and they've done that. Yes. Uh, so right now, as we have this discussion, which way are you uh, going towards for Saturday? How are you it feeling about weird it? For, yeah, Judd, it feels weird for me to say this because I've covered this program for so long, and I've seen so much heartbreak and weird things and and just not being able to live up to it. But it's, in my gut, this feels like their moment, man. This feels like their time. And so I would say 27-24 Gophers. I think it's going to be close. Uh, you know, the, the the weather, it may be a little bit less scoring than that because of the weather, sure. how bad the conditions are, if it, it affects them. But this, to me, am I just kind of the gut feeling I have, this feels like their time. The Iowa loss was difficult, and, and they certainly um, missed some opportunities there, Chip, but it didn't feel, again, to, to go back to a theme that I, I think we've been talking about throughout the course of the season is, it didn't feel like the old Gophers, though, right? The Iowa loss, it felt like they missed opportunities, but it didn't feel like this, oh, what are you doing type of game. No, in past games, in those situations, we would have said, yeah, this team was living a lie. They're kind of fraud. They weren't that good. Against Iowa, I just felt like, man, they played bad. They did not play there. I mean, they had drop passes, the penalties, you know, all the stuff that went, you know, missed kicks. They just did not play their best football and still had a chance to win, but they, they didn't deserve to win. But it wasn't – you didn't feel like they were overmatched, that they didn't belong on that stage, that um, they were just a product of their schedule. No, they just played bad. And so that's where it felt different to me. And the other thing is, coming off that, mm-hmm. I've seen situations where they were flat the next week and didn't – you know, <laughs> and it, it compounded – well, they were up twenty-one nothing, and Northwestern's horrible. But they they did what they had to do. They jumped all over that team. They're up twenty-one nothing. So it, I like the response that they have, and I think this is a pretty mer- uh, mature team when you look at their leadership and and their best players. And so I'll be surprised if they don't rise to the occasion Saturday. Doesn't mean they'll win, right? But I, I don't think that that the moment or the stage will be too big for them. Chip, what do you think the ceiling is for Rashad Bateman as a wide receiver? A uh, high draft pick. I mean, I think he's, I think he's one of the best wide receivers in the country this year, and I think he'll be one of the best wide receivers in, in the country next year. I mean, he's going to be a high NFL draft pick just because we saw glimpses of it, Danny, last year um, as a freshman, true freshman. But you, but you saw that he physically just wasn't where he, he needed to be uh, to be kind of that elite guy, and then he came back this. Uh, this this season, I, and you'd heard people talking around the the program this summer. It's like, wait till you see Rashad Bateman, and then we saw him on uh, the first day of, of camp. We had a press conference, and you're like, whoa, he looks completely different. He added about 20 pounds of muscle, and he just changed his body, changed his diet. You know, spent a whole off season in the weight room, and you're like, this this kid's going to tear it up because he just physically he looks like any wide receiver in college football, whether at Ohio State. LSU, Alabama, he just physically looks like that. And you see how he runs and the catches he makes. And he makes all kinds of different – it's not just he's not just a one-trick guy. I mean, he goes over the middle, he goes deep, he can catch the slant. He basically can do it all. So I, I think he'll probably go down as one, you know, one of the best wide receivers, if not the best that ever come out of this, uh, out of this program. And he'll be a high NFL draft pick. Gents, I have a message for P.J. Fleck, okay? This is going yeah. to be my message for Saturday, Chip Scoggins. And to speak and to speak in PJ talk, I'm going to tell you it's tap. Tap means this: timeouts are precious. Yeah, that is, and I'm dead serious. This is the type of game. Look, 
I know the Gophers have won in blowouts lots, and that offense is impressive. And I think P.J. Fleck offensively is a very good coach. I think whether you like the bluster or not, who cares? The man can flat-out coach. But there have been, in crucial, I think, situations in big games that are tight, there have been things, and and we certainly saw this against the Hawkeyes, where you scratch your head and say, what are you doing? Uh, Tap. Timeouts are precious. So let's let's not be using them where you don't need to use them when you're going to need them later. Well, that's the thing, and, and there have been games this year, Judd, where, you know, he's sprinted down sideline, called timeout, and we've all had kind of fun with it. Rutgers, he used all, all three timeouts, and, you know, we sort of joked about it, but it wasn't a laughing matter at Iowa, right? right. I mean, they, they had first and goal from the two or whatever, and they had to, you know, had to burn a timeout there that they needed at the end, and it, in PJ's mind, forced him to go for the onside kick. Um, and so, yeah, game management, this is one, this is another game like Iowa where, Decisions are put under the microscope when you're in these biggest game in a half century or biggest game ever type situations. Every little decision uh, it could be magnified, and that's where I go back to. You know, they've had some special teams breakdowns too, Judd. Where you know you kick a opening kickoff out of bounds. Well, yep. against Rutgers, you can get away with it. no big deal. But when you're playing a, a very good a, a team that's pretty equal to you. You can't have those kind of mistakes, and so um, I agree. It'll, it'll be interesting to see kind of PJ's game management uh, in in this game, and, and if you know if he can, you know, harness some of those uh, what we saw at Iowa uh, decisions. You know, going for the fifty yard field goal when it seemed like that that was you know he should have played it safe there. Those type of things. So uh, his his decision making is going to be under a microscope too, as much as the players' uh, performance. Thank you, sir. Talk to you, Chip Scoggins. All right, boys. All right. Chip Scoggins, read his stuff, Star Tribune, StarTribune.com, does an outstanding job. He's been covering the Gophers for a long, long time. Of course, talking about Gophers, Wisconsin on Saturday.